Hi, I'm Damon Frank, and you're listening to The Recovered Life Show. Every week, we bring you a Recovered Life discussion all about how to get unstuck in areas of your sobriety that are keeping you from living your best recovered life. Remember, addiction is a life-threatening condition, and the information in this discussion is provided as a resource only and is not to be used or relied upon for any diagnostic or treatment purposes. This is not a substitute when professional diagnosis or treatment is needed. Now, let's jump into the discussion. Okay, you are in the unstuck room in Recovered Life Discussions. Every week, like I said, we pick a topic that you might feel stuck in, an area in your life that you might feel stuck in. I'm joined by my co-mod today, Anne. We're going to dive into a topic that a lot of people face. I know I've faced it. Sober, but life not going as planned. That's really the topic for this Recovered Life discussion. Listen, um, we're so glad that you're here. We're going to invite some people up to participate. Um, This is a Recovered Life discussion. This is on a replay, and we do record it for our podcast. So uh, please note just a couple of ground rules. Just use people's first name. Uh, we'd appreciate that and also be loving and kind to yourself and to other people. Uh, we'd like to welcome some of the new people that have come into the room. Ron, Joe, and Alice, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you want to take a minute to follow myself and Anne here on Clubhouse, that will put you up by the followed by speakers area where we invite people cut to come up and speak. So Anne, diving into this topic, I wanted to do this today because most of the things that I see, you know, being a sober coach, most of the things that I see is people upset that their life is not going as planned. And uh, this is this is a big topic. This is what most people talk about. It's like, listen, I, I didn't plan to get into recovery, but now here I am. I wake up, I'm sober, and I have a plan for what I want to do with my life but things just aren't going like I thought they would go. And have you ever had that experience? Yes, I have, Damon, like everybody else. You know, we, uh, we get excited about things. We have our visions, you know, whether it's about relationships or our finances or just our, our health, you know, or, you know some of us we have challenges with spirituality and we're like okay now everybody in a program is talking about how they're doing well here doing well there it's just gonna happen for me by osmosis (laughs) kind of you know sometimes we have that especially when we're new in a program and um we just hear about the miracles maybe we may be reading the, the promises but you know what? It's my experience uh, with it. It was like we got to manage expectations and um, do the work that's needed to get what you want. And you know, I know we're going to talk a lot more about it. But it was just like something as simple as: Would you go into a store and say, "I'm sober. Give me that car"? You know, it's like no, you got to pay for this car. But you know what happens because. Uh, 
sobriety or whatever, you know, uh, you know, addiction we have, it's such a challenge for us. It's such a huge accomplishment that, you know, people don't know how big of a deal it is. They don't know what it took and it's a big deal for us, but they don't, they expect us to act like an adult. They expect us to be responsible and reasonable. They expect us to do the work we're supposed to do and they're, they're not throwing us a parade. So that's like, okay, but you don't know. It, it just, it's very interesting to watch this happen. It's actually a beautiful thing to watch uh, with the people new in a program. And uh, yeah, I've been there and I'll hand the mic over to you. Oh my gosh, Ann, thank you so much for mentioning your experience. Listen, um, I have been through this so many times. I'm going through this now, this week. You know, uh, I posted, in uh, the daily drink in our recovered life volley group uh, this morning, one of the things was was that you know that I had experienced. I've been chronic uh, doing a little video chronicle over the last couple of days where all of the plans that I had didn't work out, down to you know the flat tire and having to go get the car and having couldn't find the tire. Right, like nothing worked out as planned. And I've noticed something in my own recovery here that I wanted to mention in other people's recovery. One of the great blessings that I've had is to be able to work with other people in recovery. And most of the people that I work with are people that want to play full out. They don't want to just get sober. Getting sober is not enough. They want to do more with their sobriety, right? So, you know, what happens is we get to this place where we get jammed up and we have this expectation and plan and i think it's great to have an expectation and plan i really do i think i think not having some sort of plan about how you're going to get to where you want to go in life is a recipe for disaster right but the problem is when the plan becomes the higher power that's when i see things all fall apart when your plan becomes your higher power when you're so invested in the plan that you've put that you've put forth that you really can't get to where you need to go because the plan is so rigid and this is what happens you know you mentioned it Ann, that we get sober and we have this expectation well okay now we're sober now i'm not going to have problems anymore then we realize hey uh i still have problems right because you hear it from other people that you might be in a 12-step room or a therapy group or might have coaching and you're hearing that like, wow, you know what? I've got to deal with all of this stuff sober. Now, here's the thing. I think this breaks down into a couple of camps. I think I always say in Unstuck, one of the biggest things that people struggle with in recovery is the feeling that they're not getting what they want and need when they have no idea what they want and need. But they're unhappy that they're not getting what they don't know that they want. And that is that that is a lot of feeling stuck, right? They have a general idea, but they never had a plan or actions on how they get there, right? Then it breaks down into people that are not getting what they want because they're not taking the right actions, right? So if I say, look, I want to lose uh, 10 pounds, and then I say, well, you know what? I made those enchiladas. I'm going to have another couple of them. That's not going to, those actions aren't going to get me. They don't reflect what I want, right? And then there are people, I think, that have a plan, they do the actions, everything is good. But like me, and I'm just gonna say that I suffer from this a lot, is I can't get out of my own way sometimes. So what happens is if there's a modification on the plan, 
I can't see when God's intervening sometimes and doing for me what I could not do for myself. So I have this feeling of life's not fair. This isn't fair. Why am I not getting what I want? Right. And somebody told me in early recovery, um, I was, I said this last week is that I was sitting in a group of people and somebody turned and said, uh, was this newcomer turned and said, wow, you know what? Life's really not fair. And I can't believe how unfair this is for me. And this guy who had a lot of time turned and he said, you know, you should be glad that life's not fair because if life's fair, you'd be in jail. Right. And the whole room cleared out. And it was true. Right. In that particular instance, it was true. And it kind of rack focused the whole idea of, you know what, uh, this idea of fair, not fair. I deserve it. Uh, I earned it. I'm sober. I should be able to get it. Why are they not? What you know? Why are they not responding to me? Why are they not? Uh, why don't they take me seriously now? Maybe you've been at a job and you've been the problem person, but now you get sober. You've been sober for two to three weeks. Well, why haven't I gotten the promotion yet? Right? Like somehow because we're sober, we're owed it. Right? So I find these as common issues when people get stuck. But and it's not going as planned. But the big takeaway here, Anne, that I want to talk about today before I pull people up and I want to hear your thoughts on this is that one of the things about being stuck that I find is it's my perception that I'm stuck. And when things don't go as planned, I start asking different questions. Now that being in recovery for several decades, I ask different questions. When things weren't going well, the question that I would always ask myself is, why me? a version of why me, why is this happening to me? Why, and then to what did I do to deserve this, right? That's a, And that comes in different forms, like, well, why is this happening to me? I did everything right, right? Or, um, or don't they understand? That's a good one. Like, I don't know who the they are, but this magical thing, I'll say, well, don't they understand that I had this plan? And I'm working this plan. And if they would only see what I'm doing and come around it and embrace it, then everything will be okay. And I start to see a trend here that I'll line up people, places, and things that the plan will become my higher power. And the people are all, you know, saints in those higher power, right? We're all, I'm, it's all or nothing with those people. And here's what happens is, I needed to ask different questions. I needed to just start to say, what's trying to emerge here? Let, let, me, let me share something with you guys that's happening in my life now. Um, I had uh, a very, very uh, successful business in an area that, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, I had this, this business that I had built up and because of market changes and COVID, that business became very, very difficult to do. Right. And I had to reinvent the way that I did that business. And every day I'd wake up and I'd lose something in that business. Right. And so after asking all the questions, why me? What did I do wrong? I did everything right. Really, at the end of the day, what had happened is the market had changed. It was no one's fault necessarily. And even if it was, it wouldn't help me. So I had to ask different questions. The questions that I asked, the questions that I asked was, What's trying to emerge here? 
What's trying to emerge here? Now, why I ask that question, and in sober coaching, why I do this with my high-performance clients is, I ask this question, what's trying to emerge here? Because that's a different answer than what's wrong, why don't they understand? What's trying to emerge here was this, is that the market had changed. But with that market changing, there were other opportunities, right? There were other opportunities that I could not see because I was so locked into my plan. I was so locked into my plan, I couldn't see God doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. Now, flash forward a year, it's been a struggle with this business uh, that, that I had. Uh, and I definitely did not do as well than I had done in previous years. But what came out of that was something way better for me in that space. And what happened is when I was able to turn myself on to the possibility that my plan needed to change a little bit, that something else was emerging, that God had intervened. In my case, I'd say it's God, a higher power had intervened and was doing for me what I could not do for myself. It was like I'm starving and there is a, uh, a three course meal, four course meal sitting there, but I refuse to eat it because I won't turn around because it's not delivered the way that I want it delivered. This is the big lesson that I've learned in, in recovery is to switch the question. What's trying to emerge here? Is, is it my plan? Do I need to double down on my plan? And sometimes, What's, what's trying to emerge here is I need to take bigger and greater action towards my plan, right? Sometimes I need to double down on the plan and put more action in. I'm not putting enough into it. Other times I'm putting too much in. Where in your life do you feel that you're stuck because your perception that your life is not going as planned? And I'm going to turn it over to you. I'd love to hear an experience that you've had with this. Uh, why inv invite some people to come up uh, and join us in the discussion? Wow, you said so much there, Damon, and um, I agree with all of it wholeheartedly. But one of the one of the things that um, I was kind of uh, asked to look at early on was like, do you really know what to ask for? Your grandest plans, <laughs> your ideas, the way of doing things, the way you think people should be behaving, the way you think the world should be according to you, didn't work out very well. So do you still want to be advising yourself of what things should be? You know, do you still, you know, do you still want the same things? Uh, do you still want to be your advisor? And actually, the answer was no. I made a mess of my life, and that's how I ended up uh, being where I was. And so that was not a really big stretch for me to say, I, I really don't know. I need to learn. And I did learn new ways of looking at things. My perspective shifted. And I have to tell you that um, I the way I see life and what's happening, there are the successes, the things that we planned and they happened. And I have to say most of the time, they're better than I envisioned because I'm not holding on so tight. I'm moving along with the plan, but I'm giving enough room for, you know, in my case, I call God, for God to, to do the work, to do the things that I may not be able to do for myself. So that helps a lot. But then there's the other 
that I call the learning opportunities. These are the failures. These things didn't really go that well. Well, if we just take the example of just coming into the program, well, if I hadn't gone through all that, if I didn't know what it felt like to say, oh, God, help me. I can't do this anymore. I made a mess of my life. I feel horrible. If I didn't go through that and say, okay, I need to change. If I didn't have that experience, I would not have been able to support the hundreds of people that I have supported in a program over the last 32 years. So the gems, I call them the gems, you know, to... Um, I used to go to Sri Lanka a lot, and they have a lot of gems there. You know what it takes to get a gem out of the ground? Oh, my, it's a lot, a lot of work. Then it comes out. It doesn't look so good. You have to polish it. You have to figure out what to do with it. A lot of work goes into polishing up. You know, digging out the gems and polishing it. And that's how I see my life. You know, every time something happens, it's not quite what I expect or what I would want. I can be upset about it or i can say all right here's an opportunity i'm digging up a gem you know and it's gonna go in my beautiful vault of my priceless jewels so they become more valuable because i don't make the same mistakes again hopefully or when i do it's a little bit different maybe it doesn't happen you know or, or I, don't, I don't wait for the pain to go as bad before i change it and so for me like i said it's it's a it's a shift in perception. Bottom line is this, life is going to happen. We're going to have relationship challenges. We're going to have financial challenges. We're going to have health challenges. We, all of this is going to happen. Why not us? It's happening to the rest of the world. What makes us so special that nothing bad should be happening to us? So how do I deal with it? You know, and, and that, you know, we always hear, it's, you know, things aren't happening to you. Things are happening for you. Well, it's a perception that we can choose to adopt. And for me, I choose to adopt that. Something is happening for me. Like you said, what's the lesson in here? What's 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 emerging here? What should I be looking at? And I will tell you, um, being blessed with long-term sobriety and, and, and having experience of a lot of things happening in life, both good and bad, whatever that is, but life is happening. I am happier than I ever was just because those incremental shifts in my perception, in my expectations. And a lot of it has to do with my gratitude level, acceptance and then my, you know, and then the gratitude level. So yeah, I'm going to hand the mic back over to you, Damon. And uh, what a great topic. You could, you always pick great topics anyway. So the mic is back over to you, Damon. Thank you so much, Anne. And I love your perspective on things. You know, you you said so much, so many great gems here. And, you know, uh, just to, for the people who've just joined us, you're in the Recovered Life Room, Recovered Life Discussions. We talk about getting unstuck in an area of your recovery. And I have to tell you, one of the things that I've learned, Anne, is I'm going to, I like to be totally real here because I think a lot of the times what happens in with people that come up that have time, right, and they share, what happens is a lot of times it comes across very Pollyanna, you know, by the grace of God, I was able to do it. Right. But the reality is there's been a lot of struggles. And I think by sharing the struggles and the imperfections, that's what really helps people. Right. It, you know, uh, being perfect isn't real. There's no such thing as being perfect. And the reality is, if you are perfect, you're boring. 
uh, you're boring. Sorry, perfect is boring, right? I want to, I want to, I want to strive for greatness, right? I do. I want to strive for greatness, but not at the expense of me not learning, right? Because I'm here to learn. I'm here to share. Ultimately, at the end of the day, look, if if you have recovered from alcoholism, drug addiction, codependency, right? You have probably narrowly escaped death or a really crappy life. So at the at the at the very least, we've had an awareness change. At the most, we've had what they would call a spiritual awakening. And one of the things that I got from that is that there was more out there for me, but I had certain lessons that I had to learn. And and I want to talk about one that you brought up. Um, one of the things that I have suffered from is black and white thinking. Look, as alcoholics, I recovered alcoholics, I think a lot of the times we crave a, a system. We crave consistency. But at the same time, it bores the crap out of me. I'm just going to be honest. It really starts to bug me. After I feel that I've gotten some sort of mastery out of a process, I want to throw that process away and reinvent the wheel right? That's me. And I know a lot of alcoholics suffer from that, right? So we, you know, if you're in recovery, what happens is we just get, we, we just, we, we crave it. And then we get it. We don't want it anymore, right? We want something new. We want to experience something new. So what I have done is I've replaced these with different questions. I told you my big question is what's trying to emerge here. One of the things when I get jammed up now, when I feel jammed up, and I felt jammed up this morning when I woke up. I had a bunch of stuff to do, and there's this one thing I can't really kind of figure out. It's not going as fast as I want it to. I've had to reinvent the wheel a couple of times. It doesn't really, it doesn't seem to be working for me. So I ask this question. I sit down, and I have a formal process that I do this in when I'm really jammed up, but I can do it informally. I ask the question, what do I need to let go of that's no longer working for me? Because one of the things that I realize is, is that I will hold on. I will be all or nothing. I'm going to throw it all away or I'm going to keep all of it. It's like an ultimate death match. It doesn't need to be an ultimate death match. I just maybe there's a part of it that's no longer working for me, right? So I ask myself, what do I need to let go of that's no longer working for me? And then I ask myself another question. Sometimes I'll say, how is this not working for me showing up in my life? And then sometimes I'll double down and ask another question. And I say, what would my life look like if I was able to let go of this? Now, this is a, this is, this is big because now this shifts my perspective into all or nothing to this no longer works for me. I'm going to let go of this. I'm going to rebirth myself into a new consciousness, but I don't have to shuffle the people, places, and things in some mad desperation to get what I think that I don't know that I want, uh, if I said that correctly, Ann. So th this has been a game changer for me in recovery and through good coaching and also coaching with other people, helping them try to get what they want in their recovery. I've realized it's not an all or nothing game. It's an accumulation of things that work for you. 
And it's an identification of things that don't work for you and letting go of those things. So I hope that's a little bit of help. Uh, and any final thoughts here before I start inviting some people up to the discussion to have, I wanna hear their thoughts and your thoughts on sober, but life's not going as planned. Yeah, Damon, well, again, you said so many, so many great points there. And uh, one of the, one of the things that you said, you know, not the previously, when uh, you were in a meeting, the guy said, oh, this is not fair. Life is not fair. And uh, the other person turned around and said, well, if life was fair, you'd be in jail. You know, that's quite a statement. Now, if we, if we look at what we're asking for, is it fair? Our expectations, are they fair. If somebody else expected those things, and if you knew about them, what you know about yourself, the amount of effort they put in, the attitude they have, the, you know, the vision, whatever it is, and, and how hard they work and how they show up, would you say that they should be rewarded with what they're asking for? You know, when we shift from what I want, what I need, and we say, are you doing, is there even exchange of energy happening here? Are you showing up and contributing to get that thing that you want? Whether, you know, against a relationship or whether it's work, whatever, you know, our health, you know, oh, I'm sick. It doesn't feel good. Well, how are you taking care of your health? My relationship is not working. Well, are you are you there showing up and supporting your partner? You know, are you appreciating them? Are you saying all the things to them you want them to say to you? And when it comes to money, how are you showing up at work? Are you playing full out or are you just showing up and half the time you're busy texting your friends while you're supposed to be working? Or if it's your own business, are you doing everything you can to take really good care of your clients so they are bringing other people? And most of all, the foundational piece, are you grounded and are you in touch with your higher power? Because that for me is the ultimate somebody has my back because it, as amazing as, as my friends and human beings and my family may be, they're still human beings and they still have their own life. They're still not going to be able to show up to the fullest extent. Why? Because most of the time I have to tr figure out what is it that I want? I mean, I have to really sit down because we evolve so quickly. And like you, Damon, I am, I, I get bored with the same thing. It doesn't mean I don't want to keep doing the same thing, but I always want to grow. I always want to do things differently. Sometimes I can't even keep up with my own growth. You know, they may be incremental, but they're still growing. And it takes me a while to catch up with where I am right now and why I'm feeling uncomfortable, why I need to level up to the next level but how are people around me supposed to be if i can't even articulate it to myself that's unreasonable expectations of others and we all do that i do that well you know me so well why would you not show up and I, they have no clue maybe they have something else going on in their lives but we're pretty self-centered and as we're supposed to be we're supposed to be taking care of our needs it's not anybody else's job to take care of our needs we're supposed to know what it is and then ask for it or go get it or whatever it is because each one of us is responsible for our well-being and so looking at it from that perspective so what is fair you know what is fair I, i'm am i living the life that's 
fair that you know my my past uh, you know performances uh, you know sometimes yes sometimes no sometimes it's full-on grace i've been you know g- gifted so many amazing things but then again something that falls short i'm like okay another gift a learning opportunity anyways that's what i have and i'm gonna turn it back over to you damon and i know we have some fabulous people in the room would love to invite stage thank you so much and yes um you know one other thing before i go to cat here because i want to hear what she has to say about this topic you know so many times i left like not knowing why i did the footwork and it didn't pay off i can't tell you i've done the footwork and it has not i have perceived that it has not paid off later to learn it was a crucial part of the puzzle let me let me give you an example of that um I had a, uh, I've had to reinvent myself a lot of times in my recovery. And I had a past career where I ended up diving into a particular type of marketing. And um, I went full into it. I must have spent six months to a year uh, because I thought that the industry was going to turn in a certain way. Well, guess what? Uh, That didn't pay off for me. Not only did I not make money in that endeavor, I lost money in time. And I looked back saying, God, I was so sure that this was going to work out, right? Also, I've invested in spiritual things that I thought would help me, and they didn't. Now, flash forward, I'm going to tell you, flash forward 20 years on this particular thing. Um, I'm involved in something right now, and that year investment of time that I put in is paying off massive now. If I didn't have what I had invested in that that through my view didn't work out, was a total failure, created no return on investment for me, that was my perspective. If I didn't have that now, I wouldn't be able to win in the situation that I've got going on currently. Now, this is a lack of perspective for me. This is an all or nothing thinking. Well, I lost, it didn't work out. This sucks. I took the wrong turn. Maybe I don't know. Why doesn't it always work out, right? Instead of the thought of like, you know what? These are some valuable skills and lessons that I've learned. I know that God has a plan for me that I will be able to apply these and I will be able to make back 500, 1,000 fold to the investment that I put in. This is a different way of thinking. And when you think this way, what happens is the universe conspires to give you the opportunity to prove that. Guys, I wanna hear what you have to say in the Recovered Life discussion. Kat, so good to hear from you. So good to see you here. Uh, The topic is sober, but life not going as planned. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Hi, good morning. Uh, Thank you for the space, Damon. And thank you so much, um, Anne. It's so refreshing to hear, you know, um, what it's like in, you know, with the little bit of time that I have, you know, and be able to totally relate. Um, Because, yeah, I thought that getting sober meant that everything was going to be awesome from here on out. Um, A lot like the second half of my first year where you know, things are brighter and everything's more clear because I'm coming out of that fog and that haze. But um, yeah, I'm coming fresh out of like heartache. Um, and I, 
I was told, I was warned, you know, like, don't date, don't date in your first year. Um, I definitely dated in my first year and like many of us do. And, um, it was the best relationship I had been in, you know, I didn't have much to compare it to, but it was great. You know, we both had faith and we both had time. It was, um, you know, a lot of expectations. I became the director and, um, that's not to say I wasn't working on myself. I joined, um, Al-Anon and I uh, completed my 12 steps in that program, but I think I still had that um, inkling of hope that, oh, I have, I have the tools of Al-Anon when I first came in there was to um, have a successful relationship. And um, it's just plans and designs, plans and designs, you know, white picket fence, family. That's not to say I can't have those things, but, um, you know, it just didn't end up working. Our programs looked very different and, um, there was more to learn. Um, so yeah, I, what I've done is I've leaned back into my program, started at step one again. Um, and I'm going through the book with a sponsee and it's like, there's so many lines I missed. There's so much meet in that first 164 pages. It's like how dark it is before the dawn. You know, I really want to hope that um, it doesn't always have to be dark before the dawn, <laughs> you know, and maybe that's still my wishful thinking showing through. Maybe you guys can tell me what that's like, but it's, it's held true that every time I've had some sort of quote unquote spiritual experience, it's because I've gone through something hard. And, um, you know, I can do the exploration in between and, you know, self-knowledge, which I don't think is worthless. I think it's pretty useful, but it's not going to keep me sober. And just going through the book again, um, you know, with another person and getting back in the middle and um, doing the basics, right, that we were were taught in the rooms, um, it's really helping me with my sanity and um, bringing back like this pep in my step that I had lost through my codependence, you know, so I really think that, yes, I'm seeing the bigger picture here, I'm seeing the bigger plan, um, you know, but holding that space of powerlessness and unmanageability constantly throughout my life, I'm understanding how that's difficult because um, we, we get things, right? We get gifts and um, yeah. So I guess my question to you guys would be like, is that wishful thinking to stay in a state of powerless and unmanageability constantly? Cat, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, first um, I've my heart goes out to you with a heartache and uh, especially in early recovery, we just so much of our dreams as, you know, part of, oh, if I meet the right person and all that. And, you know, I've experienced the same thing, but what I've learned with relationships is each one comes into uh, my life um, and shows me what I really want in that 
particular relationship is part of what I want in the whole person. So I started looking at each one. This is what I like. And I, not so much this aspect of it. And another person would have another. And it was almost like I'm seeing all the things. I was being shown the things that I want in my, in the, the relationship that I would be happy in. And, and for me, it was, um, uh, there are needs and there are wants. Our needs are few in a relationship to be happy, but if it's missing, we won't be happy. So maybe we have three or four needs. We can have a thousand wants, but the, the, the wants can be flexible. We can work and you know together, and, and, but the needs, like somebody being faithful is a need for me, you know, and uh, with others, it, not so much. So knowing what my needs are, that made a, made a huge difference. And I will tell you that, you know, then the, my late husband, he was, he was a great guy because I started looking at all the different relationships I, you know, I didn't have, uh, or the relationships that were not great. But so anyways, I just wanted to share that there is hope. Just focus on what you got, the, the beauty of what you experienced with this one. And, and it just, it does get better. You choose better. But, um, you talked about, uh, you were asking about darkness before the dawn. Well, my experience with it is that um, life just keeps happening. Things happen. However, how I respond to them, I'm getting much better at it. So I don't wait until I'm like, you know, uh, at the pain point of 10 before I do something about it. Now I may be at the pain point of two or three before I do something about it. Because human beings, I mean, we only have so many emotions. Things are going to make us feel good. They're going to make us feel bad. Situations happen. So it's up to us really how to, uh, what to do, how to manage. And, and what I found is that uh, uh, well, early on, I was told you apply these principles in every aspect of your life and every aspect of your life will get better. They didn't say overnight. They say it will get better and they have been getting better consistently. Now, there's one other thing that I want to share with you. Like, you know, I have this vision, you know, how when toddler first starts walking, you know, the parent is behind them, you know, because I know I used to walk behind my daughter. If she falls, I'm going to catch her. So my arms are open and, you know, kind of ready to catch her and guide her. That's the vision with God behind me. He's like, okay, and here we go. And they're like, oh, so wait, wait, you, you're off the track. Come on, let's get back on track again. And then, you know, I go, go, and I was like, oh, there she goes again. I'll get back over here and let's go. That's kind of my relationship with God, you know, because, you know, um, I, I, as much as we think we have to be one with God, we are, but he has given us freedom to, to do what we're thinking, what we're feeling and experiencing life, but always there to guide. And for me, knowing that, knowing that, I feel good about choosing things. I feel good about making mistakes, what I call learning opportunities, because that's, it's just, it makes life fun. It doesn't make it boring, you know, because it's just, it's just the, the contrast in our lives is that's where we find the joy is when we, we're feeling bad. Maybe somebody comes in, a friend comes in to support and it's like, oh, I feel so loved, whatever it is, or maybe we show up for ourselves. So Kat, welcome to Sober Life of 
feeling life at its fullest, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. That's how I see it. And it's all just beautiful. It's, again, it's a matter of perspective. And it's not Pollyanna, believe me. I'm very, very aware of, you know, all this, all that is happening. I have struggles with different things throughout my life and things happen every day. So that's, it's just a perspective that, uh, that I choose. You know, whether I'm going to feel good or bad about the situation, and that makes all the difference for me. So, um, David, I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Thank you so much, Ann. That was great. Um, Kat, would you mind repeating the question again? I just want to make sure that I had that correctly, had it correctly. I guess it's just like maintaining a thorough first step, right? <laughs> um, on the day to day, regardless of the things that you get in your life. Yeah, and also just trying to manage with powerlessness and unmanageability, like how to do that, right? Like, um, you know, my perspective on that, you know, I have a couple of thoughts on that. One is I think our perspective on who we are, what we're capable of doing and what's going on, I have found in recovery is sometimes inadequate. It's not one, one, a lot of the times it's not true. And two, it's not accurate a lot of the times. Sometimes it is. Sometimes I'm right on. But I think having people in your life that are that can see the possibility of you and are not uh, not shy about saying the truth, right? You know, in the news right now, um, you know, I, I was listening to this thing with this with all these high school shootings and elementary school shootings and all this horrible stuff that's going on. Um, I was just flipping through the news channel and somebody was talking about uh, the shooter and about their experience with this kid and saying that all they saw was all the possibilities that this kid could do in his life. And all this kid saw was horrible stuff, right? And I think that's an exaggeration, obviously, of, 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 of what's maybe going through us, but it's a, it's a good example because so many times we don't see the possibilities that are out there. So for me, I found that I'm a very, you know, I'm very empathic. I don't come across, but if I'm around people who are the lowest, lowest, the lowest case scenario, the doom and gloomers, everything is always going wrong. It'll take me about a day and uh, I will not start feeling good. I will start feeling poor. I will start, <coughs> I will start thinking strange things, right? It's just not a good, healthy place for me to be. So I have to be very careful to align myself with people. Now, the, that that, that kind of share that, that speak on that energetic level, right? For me, I think recovery would be great if it wasn't for unmanageability and powerlessness. Those are two things, Kat, that I can't friggin' stand. I, I almost have three decades of recovery. I am as opposed to the idea of being powerless and unmanageable as I was the first day that I walked in but I've learned to accept it a lot better. One of the things, you know, along with this topic of life's not going as planned, one of the things that's been a huge breakthrough for me, I learned this about three weeks into recovery. 
I had a guy that I was working with and it's still in my life. His name's Kevin from San Francisco. Great guy. He and his wife were both in recovery. And I would have a ton of stuff going on in my head, a ton of stuff going on in my life. And he gave me one simple direction when I got confused, which there's a thing called alcoholic confusion. And this is a really real thing. And I know people, I still suffer from this every once in a while, where there's, there's about a thousand pounds of pressure going through a little PVC pipe. There's so much coming at me and I'm feeling so much that I have to really, I, I can't control it. It's just too much, right? So what I learned from him is he said, if you're in doubt and your life is not in imminent danger at that moment, meaning a pack of wild dogs chasing you down the street or you're being robbed or a car speeding towards you, don't do anything wait and see what happens and this i used i used it yesterday i've used it today i've used it so many times when i'm in this place of undecision and when i feel that things are totally powerless and unmanageable because what i found was and i've learned this through recovered life why this works for me is also a lot of it i thought were character defects but they weren't, some of it are trauma responses. They're feelings that are not relatable. They're not, I feel them, but they're not really have anything to do with what's going on in the present moment. So what I need to do is I need to not take action. Many of the times when I've gotten in trouble in life, when I've backed myself into a corner, when I've made mistakes, big mistakes, is when I have taken massive action because I felt something and I felt like I had to fix it right away. And many times the act of doing nothing fixed it and it worked itself out. God was able to intervene. Life was able to intervene. It wasn't what I thought at that time. That and surrounding myself by people who could talk into my possibilities is a huge game changer. If you're around people that talk to the lowest common denominator, what will happen is you will become the lowest common denominator. So Kat, I hope that helps a little bit. Uh, any thoughts on this? Totally welcome. If you guys would like to come up to stage and share your experience with any of these topics or anything on your mind, we would love to hear from you. Well, <laughs> that go ahead, Damon. I was actually, you know, waiting to for somebody. No, to, you go uh, ahead. Speak go, up. go for it, Anne. Uh, well, I don't. I'm just going to say, look, for everything that uh, I look for, whatever questions I have, I have found that um, the answer on how to live life on life terms, if you will, has been in the twelve steps, regardless of what program you're in. The the reason for the simplicity of it, I don't know if anybody, you know, if those of you may or may not know, the 12 steps are actually, you know, basically based on the Sermon on the Mount. So it's kind of, you know, this is how you're supposed to live your life and if it makes a difference to any of you. But the bottom line is this. Um, for me, 
there hasn't been anything in my life, any situation that one of the steps did not apply. Like Damon was saying, I love that you said, sometimes just do nothing. Just just sit with it. Your thoughts change. Your situation will change just because your perspective shifted or somebody else's perspective will shift. Or maybe God will come in and do what we could not do for ourselves. Whatever it is, time is always evolving. Things are always shifting. So maybe sometimes just saying, okay, hold tight. Let me take a second look and without jumping into uh, action unless we're sure it's the right action. Sometimes that's what it is. And uh, so the, the thing about it is if you haven't really looked into the the steps, why they work, bottom line is this. It's it's about us admitting that we're powerless over things and we should have faith and let God intervene for us and you know, put things in his hands and take our own inventory. How am I showing up in this situation? What am I doing? What should I be improving? And actually being honest about it and, and talking with somebody else who can maybe give us a different perspective because a lot of times we're pretty hard on ourselves. You know, a lot of times when, we, when we're in that space and we can see all the things we've done wrong, we've said wrong, we're pretty hard on ourselves. So sharing it with somebody who has a different perspective from the outside, like Damon was saying, you know, the, unfortunately, some of the people who go off of the deep end, they, they just, they're just, they don't see themselves the way somebody else around them. If they were to talk with somebody, maybe they would have had a shift in mindset, you know? So, and then after that, it's like, okay, these are the things that I don't really like about myself. And I do want to stop doing some of these things. And then continuing to be responsible, continuing to do the right thing by people around us and continuing to do the right thing for ourselves, taking responsibility, not expecting others to do for us what we're not willing to do for ourselves, and but letting God to do for us what we're not willing to do for ourselves sometimes or we're not able to, right? And it's just all about continuing to, to grow in who we are, in our essence, in our spirituality, and showing up and helping others. Like, you know, what's happening in this room, coming up and sharing about it. You know, Kat, what you just shared, it's helping other people, I'm sure, because we're all in different relationships, you know, whatever it may be. And, and relationships are an intricate part of our life. So just sharing where we are and what we have makes a huge difference. But bottom line, I just kind of described to you how I, you know, the in a more generic way, how does 12 steps show up in my life? So if you haven't looked at them in a while, or if you haven't had a conversation about it with somebody, you may want to polish it up a little bit because it's really pretty simple, you know, as, as to, you know, when something comes up, which one applies and what, what the perspective should be. It's always, one of them always applies, at least for me anyways, and a bunch of other people that I know that has worked for very nicely. So, uh, David, I'm going to hand it back over to you. You know, thanks, Anne. I, I love that you mentioned the 12 steps here. And there's, I'm sure, people that are listening to this that are very involved in 12-step programs. And there's a lot of people that listen to the show and listen to this that are not involved in 12 steps at all. They don't want to have anything to do with it. Uh, me personally, I, I, you know, look, I, I don't want to be a, uh, as much of a 12-step fanboy as I am, but, you know, it definitely changed my life. But for me, I needed other things as well, right? One of the things that about, uh, about 12 steps that is amazing is that it does have this process of living. It has a, what I call a spiritual technology. 
You know, um, so many people are hung up on the people of 12 step and not in the actual spiritual technology. And when this was designed, the year it was designed and how it's been used and it's very effective. And I love the spiritual technology of 12 steps because it takes you through a process to get to what I call neutrality, which is being able to just sit with yourself and be okay and not be drunk. And uh, that's what it was designed for, and it worked well. Now, there are other things out there, too, that I needed. Uh, I needed more than that, right? I needed more than that. I needed to go a little deeper on things. One of the things that I see with 12-step, though, is people do get stuck. They get stuck in uh, not being able to take action around them. I believe that, uh, you know, the 12-step program, is meant to be worked not necessarily in the rooms it's meant to be worked in your life and so many people just get stuck what i call church basement thinking they just get stuck and they really can't take an action and they only can take actions in the room but when they get out of the room they're unable to really make any impact in their life or other people's lives right and this happens and and we would be kidding ourselves to say that we haven't seen that the question is is you know for us is how do we get unstuck when things don't go as planned and i want to give a couple takeaways that i've definitely learned from today if you know your life isn't going as planned you know one you might just need to get out of your own way that's been my biggest thing you know uh you know we heard cat come up and share and you know, I hear people come up and say, oh, man, you know, I can't, you know, I was so lucky this guy hired me and I did this and that. And, you know, they talk so poorly about themselves and they're in their way so much. I say, well, why wouldn't they hire you? You're great. You're a good worker. You do great things, right? Why wouldn't you have somebody who would want to date you or go out with you or whatever? You're amazing, right? People can't tend to get out of their own way. And I can't get out of my own way, right? I, I know this because I suffer my own self-inflicted wounds. If I'm unable to get out of my own way, I can't let I can't let my my life, no matter what I do, I can't I can't uh, you know really get anywhere. You know, the second thing that I think was really good about this room that really highlighted to me is that you know I really to take action, you have to start taking actions. And I think the other thing that comes with actions is you need to know what actions you need to let go of, right? Asking the question, does this work for me? Does this work for others? Do I really need this? Can I let go of this? I think has been such a huge, huge thing in my life because what it allows me to be able to do is to be able to let go of the things that no longer work for me so I can grab other things that are coming into my life and experience them. If I'm so held tight with this is the way it's gotta be, I am gonna miss most of the miracles that start to appear. And any final thoughts about getting unstuck if life is not going as planned? Um, you know, um, I don't think I have much to add here because we covered so much of it, so many aspects, Damon. And um, no, I don't think I have much to add. Basically, it's just uh, let go, let go and uh, and show up. Oh, one, one thing that just popped up, actually. Um, 
Kat, you were saying that, you know, about the spiritual experiences, like early on the, I had my spiritual experiences, the transformation would happen under extreme pressure, you know, to really be forced to let go. But over the years, I have to say, I choose my spiritual experiences by going on retreats, by learning how to, you know, this is, you know, if those of you in the you know, program, let's say 11 step, it's, you know, really advancing our spirituality, if you will. So I can choose to have advanced spiritual experiences. And, uh, and you know, so it's your choice. You know, you can wait and, and they call it perturbation. Basically, perturbation is, under extreme pressure, something transforms. It's the process of uh, the charcoal turning into a diamond. Well, once it's gone through that extreme you know, pressure and turned into a diamond, it's never going to be a charcoal again, right? And that's what happens with us. And for me, um, I control my transformation by actually going on retreats and totally immersing myself in a particular with topic or whatever it may be. And, you know, so that's, that's something to consider, you know, it's either you let it happen to you or you choose your spiritual experiences. But, you know, again, for me, it happens through retreats when I'm totally immersed on a, on a particular um, experience that I want to have. So that's the hope. Hopefully that helped. That's all I have there, Damon, all yours. Love it. Love it. And, you know, I, I you know, what this reminded me of is somebody told me, that if you don't have problems, you're probably playing too small, right? And and that's it. Like if you don't have challenges in your life, you might be playing too small, right? Like everybody has challenges. I, I think how you, a good way to look at it is what kind of challenges do you have? How are you able to weather them? And how do you feel when you're weathering them, right? That's really That's really what this is about. So many people want, they come into recovery and they want success. They want all the things that they think that they want, right? And then when the problems start and when challenges start, there's a lot of people that get very upset about that. But I think those challenges tell you sometimes that you're on the right path. So it's really about getting unstuck is really, you know, what we've learned here every week is really about shifting your perspective into a place that you're going to be able to receive answers, right? And be able to receive healing. Guys, I'd like to invite everybody. We've switched the community to Volley. And I got to tell you, Ann, I've had more fun on Volley. I'm on it immediately. I, I, you know, in the morning, I do a thing called the daily drink, a little passage we put out. So many people that are in the audience here have joined me on Volley. Uh, you, it's a really a new way to be able to communicate. We've shifted the recovered life community over there because it's really been about, uh, it's, it's really been great to be able to interact with people as much as I love the old system. It was a little too static, right? A little too static, but this is kind of, I'm calling it recovery 3.0 here. So join us on volley. You can, uh, reach, uh, reach that group by just clicking the link above are going to recoveredlife.us. You can join for free, get on, start having a conversation. And listen, if you don't want to post video or audio or text volleys, you can just listen to the discussions that are going on. Both Christina Dennis and I are there. Also, I would like to offer, I do every week, I give away 
uh, one uh, uh, recovery session with me. Actually, I'm working for with people uh, on a coaching capacity, which I call high performance recovery coaching uh, for a week for free. And you can get that by going to info.recoveredlife.us. Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.